Thank you for joining the Dark Light Podcast. Here at the Dark Light Podcast, you will find information about the absolute truth. Hang on tight as we go to discover the light in the darkness. Matthew 7, verse 21, Berean Study Bible. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Human nature has a tendency to want that which it cannot have. In the Garden of Eden, Eve wanted the fruit, the forbidden fruit. When the serpent ate the fruit, he appeared to get wiser. When Eve ate the fruit, she lost her holiness, her divine position. Her divine light was gone. When we understand that the whole purpose for Jesus the Christ to come here to this world to lay aside his God kingdom and present himself as a mere mortal we begin to understand the level to which God will go to save humanity we've been trying for centuries millennia to save ourselves from ourselves. We realize that we are creatures, depraved, broken creatures. People who do not have the capacity to rise above the destruction the wars, the garbage, the misinformation, all of those things which make us sad and depressed and lonely. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son 
It is in this realization that we become aware of our need of a Savior, of our need to have a better life. When we understand that love cannot be just a word, but it must be defined and understood for us to appreciate what love actually is. To those who think that love is some sort of generic emotion, some sort of panacea, which if we just held hands and sing Kumbaya, that we will love each other. Well, anyone who has lived very long knows that in reality, that just doesn't happen. So when we look at the Word of God, the Holy Bible, it presents to us a step-by-step understanding of how to achieve the glorious future, how to obtain eternal life, and how to live in the love which God gives. It is for this reason that we must understand carefully and understand thoroughly the verses which are presented in the Bible for us to study. like to think that everything will just turn out okay with no personal effort, with us not having to do anything. It's like winning the lottery without having to fill out a lottery ticket. Or it's like winning sweepstakes and not letting them deliver the prize. The ability for people to change, for people to grow and learn and become everything that they are meant to be can only be achieved through hard work, through effort, through perseverance, and through diligence. But many in the Christian world, in the Christian community, 
try and say that getting to heaven is not only easy, but requires no effort. But here in this verse where Jesus the Christ is speaking, we see he makes a distinction between those who say, Lord, Lord, and those who do the will of the Father, which is in heaven. The will of the Father is key. It is impossible to understand the truth unless your spiritual eyes are open. Spiritual things are spiritually discerned. The Holy Spirit is sent to each and every one of us. But some of us are awake and some of us are asleep. It is the Holy Spirit that enlightens our minds and allows us to see the truth. Jesus the Christ emphatically said that there is no way to simply state or say Lord, Lord and that gets you into the kingdom. Oh no. Only he who does the will of the Father will enter into the kingdom of God. John 6.38 New International Version For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. The reason why Jesus the Christ came to this world was to show a living example of the will of God. The will of the Father was exemplified in Jesus the Christ. Everything Jesus the Christ did was an example of living out the will of the Father. So let's understand that when Jesus was feeding the 5,000 or Jesus was healing the paralytic or Jesus was raising Lazarus to life after being in the grave for three days. 
he was acting, doing the will of the Father. In order to live out the will of the Father, you must do acts which correspond to the will of God. It is not possible to live according to God's will without acting in a specific way. You cannot go through life telling people that, well, all you have to do is believe that Jesus is real and nothing else matters. God is only going to look at Jesus and what Jesus did for us, dying on the cross, saving us from our sins. And he's never going to look at us with all of our defects and all of our breakdowns and all of our sinfulness and departures from the way. God's just going to ignore that. And he'll just look at Jesus. And Jesus will stand in our place and we can just be the dirty person that we are and somehow Jesus will cover our sins. This is how most theologians, most pastors explain something called righteousness by faith. The problem is is that the Bible doesn't teach that. Instead, the Bible teaches that Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, came to this world and lived a life of faith. And at each moment, he performed and acted out the will of the Father. And Jesus said, as I am in the Father, you will be in me. As I perform great works in my Father, you will perform greater works in me. So let's be clear that Jesus the Christ came to show us how to live the God life, how to perform our activities, and how to, in each of our decisions, choose the will of the Father. It is clear that the Bible, the Word of God, was given to us to instruct us on how to live the God life. John 10 verse 30 Berean Study Bible I and the Father are one. When Jesus the Christ 
made this statement on this particular day in front of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Jews. They picked up stones to kill him. And it says that Jesus walked in between them and disappeared. Why did they want to kill Jesus? Because he emphatically insisted that he was, in fact, the Father, the Holy One, God himself. Jesus the Christ was not just a mere man, a mere prophet, someone sent by God, but he himself claimed to be God. It is very important that we understand this relationship between Jesus the Christ and his Father, God. This relationship only existed because of the humanity of Jesus the Christ. When Jesus the Christ came to this earth, he left heaven, and in doing so, he gave a piece of himself to humanity, and he left a certain part of himself in heaven, so that when he went back to heaven, he prayed that his Father would glorify him with the glory that he had before the foundations of the world. Jesus, the incarnate one. Theologians have been arguing for centuries over the nature, the character of Jesus the Christ. Is he really a man or is he really a God? Well, Jesus himself called himself the Son of Man. Jesus did not call himself the Son of God, but rather he said, who can forgive sins except God alone? And so that you may know that the Son of Man has that power to forgive sins, arise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the paralytic got up, took his bed and walked away. In that single miracle act of Jesus the Christ, he proved to all those present and to all those who put their faith in him that he was in fact God. It is very important that we accept and understand this idea, this concept. For if we fail 
to understand this concept, all of the future information, all of the plan of salvation falls apart. Jesus cannot die for the sins of the world unless he is Jehovah. The Bible clearly teaches that Jehovah, God, is the one and only Savior of the world. There are not two saviors of the world. There is only one, and that is God himself. So in order for Jesus the Christ to save the world by dying on a cross, he must be God. He cannot be the Son of God or some other angel or demagogue. But in fact, he must be Jehovah, the one God. First John 4 verse 20 Amplified Bible If anyone says, I love God and hates and works against his Christian brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother who he has seen cannot love God who he has not seen. So here we have an example of the fact that in order to love God you must also love your brother. You must love your neighbor. And Jesus showed in many stories, especially the story that had to do with the Good Samaritan, that the definition of a brother, of a neighbor, is someone who is in need, even if that person is your enemy. We must understand that God is more interested in our daily lives and helping us to become ambassadors for heaven, ambassadors for the truth, someone who shines the light of heaven here on earth. Jesus said, I place you like a light on a hill. It is important that we understand that if we hold hatred, animosity, 
in our heart against the very people that we live with, our neighbors, our friends, our brothers and sisters in Christ. We are in fact incapable of loving God. These terms such as love, righteousness, goodness, mercy, faith are all just words until we understand the meaning and what they represent. The love of God is supreme. The Word of God tells us that God is love and that without faith it is impossible to please God. So we must remember that as we go through our daily lives, we should always love our neighbor as ourselves. We should always love our brothers and sisters in Christ and help them and encourage them and give them a lending hand when at all possible because in order to love God supremely we must love our neighbor as ourselves John 14 verse 15 Berean literal Bible if you love me you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Jesus the Christ was very clear that love to God and love to man were two sides of the same coin. Love to God is demonstrated by keeping God's commandments. Love to God is supreme Love to God shows that we are keeping the commandments of God. So when we break the commandments of God and we don't keep them, we are not loving God. And as First John points out if we say we love God but we hate our brother 
we are a liar. And the same goes for if you say you love God and you don't keep his commandments, you're also a liar. Many theologians, pastors, priests, teachers of the law, will tell you that it doesn't matter anymore whether or not you follow the commandments of God. It doesn't matter anymore if you keep the commandments because they were somehow done away with, abolished at the cross of Jesus the Christ. Some theologians go so far as to say that the law was nailed to the cross. And there are moments when theology collides with the English language. And we must be careful not to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Luther, Martin Luther, the great Protestant reformer who found himself going further and further away from the doctrines, the teachings, the theology of the Roman Catholic Church because he recognized that their teachings did not adhere to the word of God and in that understanding and revelation and insight Martin Luther came to the conclusion that the just shall live by faith alone and in his mind faith was defined as something which transcended all activity. All actions were not of faith. And so when he came to the book of James in the New Testament, he didn't know what to do with it because among other things, James, the brother of Jesus, the Christ, said, faith without works is dead. You say you have faith? I'll show you my faith by my works. And to Martin Luther, that idea was somehow not able to be reconciled with righteousness by faith alone. The problem which Martin Luther had when he called the book of James a book of straw and chaff, a waste, something to ignore, a book that in his mind did not belong in the Word of God. And the problem that Martin Luther had 
was in his definition and understanding of the word faith. And today, many theologians in the modern Christian world, in the evangelical Protestant Christian world, have the same blind spot that Martin Luther had. So let's be clear. The Bible teaches that we are saved by faith. And it is that faith which is given to us by Jesus the Christ. And when that faith is activated, we will do the works of God. Jesus the Christ said, for which good work do you stone me? And Jesus went around doing good. It wasn't that Jesus was doing good in order to be saved or somehow approved of God, but rather his faith in the truth, his faith in God allowed him to perform mighty miracles and mighty works, good works, works which change the world. But as Martin Luther said, the just shall live by faith. We must make sure that our definitions and our understandings of theology match the Word of God. Jesus the Christ has warned us that many in that day will say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all of these mighty miracles, cast out demons, heal the sick. And yet, Jesus the Christ said, I will turn to them and say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. It is very clear in the word of God that our works and our activity does not approve us to God. It does not save us in any way. But rather, when we have love for God and we have that same love for our neighbor and our brother and our sister, we will exhibit works and good acts to help those around us. And in so doing, we are living the Christ life by faith. Romans 3 verse 31 Berean Study Bible Do we then 
nullify the law by this faith? Certainly not. Instead, we uphold the law. The problem today with many theologians, pastors, teachers of theology, theological seminaries, is that the many different theologies, the doctrines of different denominations, of different churches, do not allow for the actual study of the Bible itself. The Bible is its own interpreter. When the Holy Spirit is sent to guide your mind, you will be led to the truth. When you have faith in the truth as it is in Jesus the Christ, you have the ability to perform the works of the law. This concept is opposed by most modern day theologians because they have no faith and they do not know the truth in the Word of God. They've decided to ignore the basic statements which are given to us by Jesus the Christ, which are found in the Bible, the Word of God. The Word of God tells us that faith does not make void the law of God, but rather the opposite. It establishes and upholds the law of God. The law of God is there to define what is sin and what is righteousness. Sin, according to the Bible, is the transgression or the breaking of the law. Without the law, you would not know whether you were breaking the law or keeping the law. The law defines the meaning of the character of God himself. It must be understood that if there is no law of God, or if the law of God could be altered or abridged or edited 
then Jesus the Christ would not have had to die for the sins of the world on a cross. The only reason why God sent forth his only begotten son was because the law demanded that a price be paid for sin and that price was the life of God himself. Let me make it perfectly clear. In all the examples in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament, when the sanctuary service was enacted and the lambs and the bulls and the goats were brought as sacrifices, these offerings, these sacrifices represented the shedding of the blood of Jesus the Christ for the sins of the world. This shedding of blood, the Bible tells us, is for the remission of sins. And without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins. So let's understand that the law abides forever. The law is settled in heaven. Heaven and earth may pass away, but not one jot or one tittle will ever pass from the law. Romans 7 verse 12 Berean literal Bible so indeed the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good in today's religious world There is great confusion over the role of the law of God in our lives today. Many theologians, pastors, teachers, priests, elders will say that Somehow the law is not perfect. And yet, we read in Psalms 119 that the law of God is perfect, converting even the soul. So here we see that even in the New Testament, in the book of Romans, one of the books which is used by most modern-day theologians to gather their theological assumptions and their theological teachings. Even in this book, Book of Romans, 
we see that the law and the commandments of God are holy, just, righteous, good. So if something is good and righteous, why would it need to be done away with? Why would it need to be destroyed? Quite the opposite. It needs to be preserved. When God gave the Ten Commandments from Mount Sinai, He said that this law is perpetual for all of your generations. When we see that the fourth commandment applies even to the stranger, the alien within thy gates, which is, remember, the Sabbath day to keep it holy. So if the law of God is holy, and we are to keep the Sabbath, the seventh day of the week, holy according to the commandment, which is holy, just, and good, we must then understand that faith without works, the works of the law, keeping and remembering to keep the commandments of God. It is only then that we truly understand the Christ life, the God life. Anything else is a lie. Isaiah 8.20 lets us know that anyone, whether they be a theologian, a pastor, a doctor, a teacher, anyone who says that the law and the testimony are no longer valid. Well, they have no light in them because it is only to the law and to the testimony that we must speak and what we say must be in accordance and in line with the law and the testimony. For without the law, we do not know what is the actual will of God. You have been listening to The Dark Light. Thank you for joining us. Please like, subscribe, and tell your friends about the Dark Light 
podcast. We would love to have you here each and every day to discover the light in the darkness. Thank you.